much. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome to Mamacita, your weekly mama date where we discuss all things momming while Latina. Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom by day and flamenco dancer and writer by night. I live in the suburbs. I'm raising two bicultural children. I'm from El Salvador, but grew up in Los Angeles in a very traditional Latin household. And I'm Alex. I'm a single mom of a fabulous five-year-old girl. I'm an artist, actress, and dancer living in LA. My life is not so traditional. We've been friends for over 13 years, and trust us, figuring out motherhood is way more fun with your fellow mamacitas. So Alex. Yes. My mom's version of the sex talk was threatening me not to get pregnant or else. And then later on, <laughs> it was her calling me a whore when I came home late. Well, so, I think my mom probably thought I was still a virgin until like after I had Sophia. So, of course you were. You still of are. Course. Hello. There was no sex talk because Alex doesn't have sex. What are you talking about? Exactly. I mean, sex just doesn't exist. I can't, okay, but I can't even think about when the possible last time my parents had sex. They're both still alive. Oh my they God. They both live with us. <laughs> Did you just go there? <laughs> I totally just went there because I was thinking about how my parents. I don't know. Did they ever have sex? I'm sure they did. Obviously, I'm here, but it just, oh my God, it wasn't so like weird. my parents. I thought about that also. I'm like, oh my God, my parents had to have sex to have me. <laughs> Ew. Oh my God. That's exactly what our kids are going to think in the future. And then we're going to be like, hey, why don't you listen to that episode where we talked all about sex and all about the unmentionables? That's so crazy. (laughs) Okay. So, what were your post birth unmentionables? Oh, I had the sexy unmentionables. Of course. Yeah. I think we all do. We have the sexy unmentionables after giving birth. This past year, Amy Schumer posted a picture of herself in her sexy post-birth unmentionables, the mesh white panties with a gigantic pad, and she made it cool to talk about these finally because honestly, I had my son and I had no clue what those were when they gave them to me at the hospital. I think most of us, at least most first-time moms, we go to classes or some kind of like group, but nobody ever mentioned all this stuff that happens after yeah nobody said like you're gonna walk around in basically a diaper for like a month (laughs) right doesn't it feel like a diaper (laughs) yeah it's like the most gigantic pad that has ever been created (laughs) it goes like from the front all the way to the back (laughs) very attractive yes it like protects your crack (laughs) did you have to like use the little squirt bottle oh yeah (laughs) I mean, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Yeah, right? so it's the Perry it's bottle. It's not just sexy underwear, but then you have the squirt bottle because you can't really touch. That's right. So you get this perinatal bottle, right? And then you squirt water up there and then you just kind of dab that so you can clean yourself. And currently I'm using my Perry bottle. Oh, you are? <laughs> not on myself. Oh, Tell us, Wendy, what are you Sorry. using that bottle for? I Let's t- visualize. <laughs> I have an orchid in the bathroom and I use the perinatal <laughs> bottle to water my orchid. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Okay, so I use my perinatal bottle oh my to water God. my orchid that lives in the bathroom. 
What do you use your parent in a bottle for? <laughs> well, you know, it's plastic and I'm all about recycling and it's got a nice little squirt situation happening with the spout. So I was like, I'm going to use this for the orchid that lives in the bathroom. And you know what? My orchid is thriving. Glad to <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, I'm crying. I'm glad I can be entertaining. I don't even know what to say. Okay, so I do. My huge generalization for this week is that our mothers did not prepare us for any aspect of the birthing process because it was considered indecent. You know, I'm probably just gross to speak about anything related to women's bodies. I think it's getting better. Obviously, it's getting better. We're going to talk about everything right now. But women are still embarrassed to speak to each other candidly about these experiences. So I love how you said, you know, everybody goes to class. Yeah, we all go to these classes or we read books. You know, I read a ton of stuff about parenting because I love reading. I read a little bit about giving birth, you know, because in my mind, I was trying to invoke my inner Alex and just go natural. My body will know what to do. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't. I ended up with two C-sections. And actually, I'm really happy I did now looking back because of all these unmentionable things we're going to be talking about. But I read nothing about post-birth. Does that book exist? Somebody tell me. Send me a link because I've never seen it. A book about just post-birth, not how to take care of a baby, but how to take care of yourself or like what happens to your body after you've ejected this human being from your loins. Oh my God, Wendy. After you have ejected the baby, can you write that book, please? Well, publishers, <laughs> <laughs> taking commissions right now. I'm just kidding. Okay, so yes, sexy unmentionables with the giant pad and the period that never goes away. So hold on. Did you bleed a lot after birth, even though you had a C-section? Yeah, I did because it's all the same stuff. I mean- Like through your vagina? Yeah. Well, ni modos, no, through my <laughs> belly button. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm thinking like you didn't push out the baby through your <laughs> Do I not have a uterus? Alex, you need to go back to science class. <laughs> Look up the anatomy of no, the female so reproductive no, okay, system. Okay, okay, I know. So I'm making notes right now of things I'm going to teach my daughter. <laughs> because Alex. Okay. Yes. No, no, no. It makes sense. It's just because you always say like, oh, I didn't experience that. In my mind, I'm like, oh, she didn't have any of that. <laughs> Speaking of things coming out of that area, I don't know about you because you didn't have a natural birth, but... Right after I pushed her out, I had to pee and I was so afraid to pee. <laughs> when I got up, they're like, no, 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 you have to go to the bathroom now. And then having to like go to the bathroom, you know, that was terrifying. Super I traumatic. Did not want to. I was like, no, no, can we just wait until like another day? <laughs> and they're like, no, sweetie, you have to. And it was so scary because you just pushed out a baby, right? You don't want to push anything else out. I just did not want anything going in or out of anywhere down there for a long time. So let's talk about sex. Yeah. No. <laughs> that was a good transition, right? <laughs> That's exactly. I was like, nothing in or out. Thank you. Well, here's the other thing. I, I tore when I gave birth to her. So I had Thank stitches. you. So this, I didn't experience this, right? Yeah. I had stitches so in my incision. I was like, 
peeing was scary. Pooping was scary. I didn't want to push anything out because I just pushed out a baby. That's traumatizing. And I did it naturally. So I was like, ah, I don't want anything that's going to bring back those feelings. Um, <laughs> okay. What did that feel then, like? What did that feel like? Did you feel the tearing or um, they just told you later on, oh, you tore? No, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it when it happened because you're in so much pain already. I had no idea. They told me, well, when they had to come in and stitch me up. But at that point, um, I had Sophia in my arms. I was like in heaven. You know, that's yeah. that moment where you first have your baby and she was, you know, I'm nursing her and they were stitching me up. I did not even feel it. That part was like nothing. But of course, after just knowing that like, oh, shit, there's like stitches down there. I can't wipe. I need to like be careful. Like it was it was really weird. Imagine being home, like trying to breastfeed your baby and you can't sit. Yeah. You were sitting the whole time, right? Because yeah. that's all you could do. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sit because I had stitches in my vagina. <laughs> the unmentionables postpartum. <laughs> so I had to like sit like on one side, you know what I mean? Like yeah. on like on one leg. And so I was all like and like twisted and then my back would hurt and then you're breastfeeding the baby. So you're kind of hunching over. So I was like in this weird position and I would have to like switch over to the other side because I couldn't just sit like with the weight evenly yeah. distributed. I couldn't. That part was painful. So, okay. Like you said, you don't want anything going in or out of your special lady parts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like how you said that. <laughs> your special lady parts. Yes, ladies, they are special. They are. They are. I know. Okay, so... Post-birth, you don't want anything to be going in or going out of your special lady parts for obvious reasons. Uh, I had a C-section, but it was still the same thing, okay? My biggest fear from the C-section twice is that it was just going to rip open, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about, like, if you're having sex, whether someone's on top of you or you're on top or whatever, like... Any pressure in that area, okay, sneezing when you have a C-section is scary, okay? Because yeah. anytime you so feel- So imagine sex. <laughs> yes. So basically, it's still sensitive. Um, even today, sometimes I'll, I'll still feel like twinges on my left side, you know? Hmm. It's totally healed, and I'm sure it's just psychosomatic. But I have this fear that it's going to open up, and it's impossible, Okay, but did you want to have sex? I did. So with my first son, it, I was like on a mission because I felt like having sex meant reclaiming my body and reclaiming uh, my independence and myself mm -hmm. from the whole experience of having become a mother in such a traumatic way. And so I really wanted to just to be like, okay, and I'm back, you know? <laughs> I did not have that experience. I, you know how they say like, I don't remember what it is, like six weeks, you're supposed to wait like six weeks or something. So if you have a C-section, you're supposed to wait six to eight weeks. And my okay. doctor told me to wait eight weeks. Well, I don't remember exactly what I was told. I think it was something like six weeks. Yeah, I think birth. traditionally it's six to eight weeks. The point is that they told me like, oh, this amount of weeks or whatever. Yeah, right. I didn't have sex until like way after that because I didn't want to. I wasn't trying to have sex it's so funny to me like i hear about all these women who get pregnant like right after they have their baby and i'm like oh my god why would you even want to have sex <laughs> i mean i was not into it at 
all. Like I said, I did not want to be touched. Don't come near me. Like I just, that was the last thing on my mind. And then when I finally did, it felt so weird. I remember like we started having sex and I was like, eh, no, mm-mm. nope, no, 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 <laughs> forget it. Well, yeah, I mean, sex it hurt is very- like a little bit. Not a lot, but it hurt. And it was more in my mind. I was like, no, like you can't do that to me right now. (laughs) You just can't. So we're going to be talking about pooping. Oh my God. Okay. And yes. So when you have a C-section, one of the things that uh, determines whether you can leave the hospital or not is if you can stand up and walk and go to the bathroom on your own. And what they do is they give you stool softeners because- Pushing anything out is really difficult. I'm sure if you've given birth through the birth canal or if you've had a C-section, having a lot of pressure on the incision is very scary right after surgery. So yeah, you get these um, stool softeners so that stuff just slides out of you. And I was really good about taking those when I gave birth to Soren five years ago. I was not good about taking them with Alouette. I don't remember why I decided I wasn't going to take... Oh, you know why? Because now I live in a house with uh, stairs and you can't uh-huh. climb the stairs when you have a C-section. You can, but it's very difficult and you go very slow. And I think yeah. my thought process was, I don't want to have to go to the bathroom because when you take the stool softener, stuff just slides out of you. What if I don't get to the bathroom in time? <laughs> so I don't think I took them because of that. So I didn't poop for like 10 days and it was the worst feeling ever. And then on Christmas Day, it was a Christmas miracle. (laughs) I just pooped naturally without the stool softener. And I swear. were Were you terrified? I was terrified and relieved at the same time. And it was probably the size of my entire arm that came out of me. Because it had been. That Thank long. you for the visual. <laughs> this episode has been very visual so far. Thank you. <laughs> well, you said we were going to be talking candidly about these things, right? Yes. yes and I mean, yes. no, that's right. Okay. So postpartum gas. Did you have any of that? I don't think so. No, you're boring. This whole episode is going to be me talking about all the it's postpartum you, things. These are all things I read about that women that had natural birth also experienced. Thank you, Wendy. (laughs) I'm trying to be helpful. With a C-section, you end up with a scar, right? And some people are very lucky and they end up with a tiny hairline. You know, it looks like a little scratch or it just eventually blends into their skin and you can never see it again. I am not that person because I keloid every time I scar. So I ended up with, you know, a raised bumpy scar that I then had to learn to love as part of myself. And then I had to do that all over again because I have two babies yeah. <laughs> that came out from the same place. Now, imagine. Do they do this, the, the incision in the same place? Yes, they try to do it in the same place so that you don't end up with, you know, multiple with scarring. Oh, okay. um, so I have a scar again uh, mm-hmm. in the same place. It just looks a little bit different because it's the second time. I'm hoping it gets better. You know, the first time around, it started to look a little bit better and I kind of forgot that it was there. But this is still pretty new. You know, Alouette's not even one years old yet. So it's still there. But I'm learning to love it again. And that's fine. 
My mom, on the other hand, she also had a C-section in 1980. And mm -hmm. back then, they did what's called a classic C-section. So the cut, it's vertical. So that's a lot worse because it goes um. up and down instead of side to side. And I mean, I can't even imagine how that must have felt for her um, in that time, you know, being who she is. I, she didn't have that support system or she didn't have maybe the friends that were going to be talking to her about this the way we're talking and saying, it's okay, you're still beautiful or whatever, right? Yeah. So I feel like that really set us off in the wrong direction as mother <laughs> and daughter because I think every time she saw her scar and she hated it, maybe she hated me a little bit because it's my mm. fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another thing I wish somebody would have told me was how much breastfeeding hurts. Yes. It hurts. It goes away. I mean, it gets better. I'm all about breastfeeding. I have to say that. All about breastfeeding. I breastfed my baby for like three and a half years. She was super easy to breastfeed, but it hurts in the beginning. It was very painful. I got mastitis twice. I had to take antibiotics for that. It was extremely painful and scary because I wasn't expecting that. That was not part of the plan. I thought it was just like, oh, okay, you have a baby breastfeed and it's all good. No, that's like a whole thing, but I'm all about it. I would do it again. I loved it. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? <laughs> yeah, I know you hate breastfeeding. I'm all about, I'm, I'm all about it. Breastfeed your kids, people. It's so the, the best thing. So this is the other side of it, okay? This is what I have to say about breastfeeding. No, thanks. <laughs> One, it really, really hurts, and it doesn't always work. So you had a very easy time breastfeeding. I was a breastfed child too. My mom breastfed me and my brother forever, and I was totally on this whole you know, breastfeeding kick before I actually had a baby, and then I had a baby who would not latch. And like Alex says, breastfeeding is really hard, it hurts a lot. For some women, that pain goes away and the babies learn to latch. And, you know, the mom and the baby end up on this wonderful schedule of feeding and sleeping and all that stuff. And for some women, it doesn't work out. And you should not feel guilty because everyone's on this breastfeeding kick, which is wonderful. Yes. But formula is also wonderful. My kids have both been formula fed. I tried again with my second child to breastfeed. Same situation. It didn't work. Uh, with my son, I suffered for like four months. I literally had to sit there in pain. And then I hated feeding him, which did not help our relationship. Um, you know, because it was painful. I dreaded every time I had to feed him. I started to resent it. It was just bad for the whole postpartum depression thing. And yeah. so I hated it in the beginning, like the first couple of days. And the only way that I was able to get through it was with a nipple shield. Yeah, I tried the nipple shield. I, oh, yeah. With uh, okay. my well, second baby, I, I did the nipple buy shield. I one of those. I was not prepared. I didn't know I was going to need one. And then my sister went out to the store and she's like, I don't know. I'm going to go see like what's out there to help you because I was in so much pain. And then she came back with a nipple shield. Oh, my God, that saved my life. With that, I was able to breastfeed. I used the nipple shield for, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but probably a couple weeks or so until I just got used to it. You know, my nipples weren't as sensitive anymore and then I didn't need to use it at all. It was just that very beginning was really, really painful. Yeah, I used the nipple shield uh, the second time around and that definitely helped. 
But my body just didn't produce enough milk. I mean, do you remember coming over and Alouette breastfeeding on me for hours, basically the whole day and still crying because she didn't get enough milk? We went back mm -hmm. to the doctor and she had lost more weight. You know, when you yeah. first have a baby, they weigh a certain amount. The ne by the time you leave the hospital, they've lost a little bit of weight. And then, that's normal. Yeah, and that's normal. Then we went back for our checkup two weeks later or whatever it was. Um, and she had lost even more weight. And the doctor was like, um, maybe you should start supplementing, you know. And yeah. at that point, because I had already suffered so much uh, with my my son, I I was like, whatever, I'm just going to feed her formula. And I felt so much happier and healthier right away. Yeah. And so was she. Well, she was happy. She was fed. It was amazing. <laughs> what I loved about breastfeeding, other than the bond, because obviously that's just beautiful, you know, the bond that you create with your baby, but it was so convenient. <laughs> I never, ever had to pack a bottle. I could just, you know, grab a couple diapers, baby wipes, and I'm out. Like I didn't need anything. I never gave my baby a bottle ever. I didn't even pump. Yeah. See, you think I never had to wash bottles. <laughs> yeah. <ever. laughs> it's funny because we have the total opposite view on this. Whereas like when I was breastfeeding Soren or Alouette, I actually felt like I couldn't leave the house without them because I was the only food source. And so for me, that was a huge stress factor. Like it just freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get back to work? How am I ever going to leave the house just to go shopping or something because yeah. I'm the only food. I wouldn't want to leave the house without my baby. I wanted her to be with me all the time. And it's not that I was trapped. I wasn't trapped at home. I would go out and I would just breastfeed her wherever. It was so convenient and easy and natural. It just seemed so natural to me. I felt like a slave to my children. And as soon as I started giving them a bottle, I felt so free and like, yes, now I can leave them with my husband and That's they so can bond. funny because you and I are so similar in so many ways, but so different also yeah. because that is exactly one of the things that I loved. I loved the idea that I am all she needs. Oh, no. <laughs> I loved that. I also felt the whole like breastfeeding in public. Hey, more power to you. Do it. It's a natural way to feed a baby. Women should be allowed to breastfeed wherever. For me personally, that was more of a chore than to take out the bottle and feed my baby because I had to figure out a way to like, you know, if I'm at a restaurant, okay, I don't want to be naked in front of everybody. I don't want to. No, you don't have to. They no, have a little cute I know, <laughs> I know, you know, but it was like a whole production and it's like a whole wardrobe thing. You got to figure out what to wear that's easy to take off. I don't know. It. I felt like I had to think about it way more than if I just was myself completely. And then I was like, oh, the baby's hungry. Here's the bottle. Yeah, I'm not and knocking what it. I'm just saying. No, I know you're not. Me, I know you're not. I'm just making like a, I'm making a general PSA because I think a lot of women who formula feed feel guilty about it. They feel like, oh, I wasn't mom enough to feed my child. I wasn't enough for them. Yeah. And you know what? That's wrong. I think breastfeeding is wonderful. I also think formula feeding is wonderful. So FUPA, did you know what this was? I have no idea what that is. Please explain. Okay, so I- I, I still don't know what that is. I had no clue what FUPA was, but it is fats- F-U-P-A? Yes, F-U-P-A, 
FUPA. It's fat upper pussy area. Oh my God. What are we talking about on this episode? This FUPA <laughs> happens after you give birth. Okay. Because, you know, everything kind of sags down. No? I'm the only one here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, your belly just went back to flat the day after you gave birth? Kind of. I mean, it wasn't. Your belly it's didn't like hang? My belly was, I was swollen. I was swollen from like all the trauma that your body just went through. You know, yeah. I was very swollen, but my belly didn't look weird after. Okay, so right after I gave birth twice, mm -hmm. uh, my belly hung down because it's not like there's no baby in there, right? All the fluids are gone, the baby's gone, and the belly just sags and it sits right above your pelvic area. And so that is FUPA, fat upper pussy that. area. And then it takes a while for it to like, your belly starts to contract. Is that related to like the C-section you think? No, I think a lot of women experience this or a lot of women live with FUPA because I, they have I, I've never heard of it and I did not experience that. Yeah, so this is a thing. And I okay. didn't know what FUPA meant and I had to look it up because I kept hearing about it and I was like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, another thing that I was not expecting was having to pee all the time after you had the baby. I know like that everybody knows that about pregnant women that you have to pee all the time. I still have to pee all the time. I mean, it's better now, but I definitely feel like things down there, I don't know, things got moved around or something. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's definitely not the way that it used to be. So let's everybody take a moment and do <sighs> our kegels. Ready? Go. Ready? Go. One, two, two, three, three, four. <laughs> Is everybody so, doing that? <laughs> so you got to do your kegels. I mean, pelvic I know, floor. I know, I know. You got to strengthen that. Exercises. Yeah, you got to strengthen. I didn't realize it was such a thing, though. I didn't realize it was going to be such a problem. It's annoying. Yeah. I'm doing my kegels right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do them for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so, like, we're talking about all these unmentionables right? And all the funny and scary and weird things that happen to our bodies. But the one thing that I wish somebody had told me is that having a baby was going to make me a better version of me. You know, I'm stronger, more patient, kinder, more efficient, more determined. I mean, everything more. Whoever I was before, now that I have these two little kids looking up to me, depending on me, I am more and yes, that I is something that. that I don't think we tell women. You will become better. After you know the blur of giving birth, however you do it, and after the blur of you know the learning curve of becoming a mother goes away, you emerge and you are more. Yes, I agree. You become a superhero. You become a mom. So, mamacitas, what do you wish someone had told you about the postpartum experience? Did your mom prepare you in any way or talk to you about all the crazy things that happen to your body when you have a baby? Do you think motherhood has made you better? Tell us. Share your thoughts. On the next episode of Mamacita! Mamacita.
OMG, Religious Upbringing. This is a podcast about starting conversations, so share your thoughts. Leave us comments. Send us pictures of your mama date. Mama Cita. Mama date. Listen and subscribe to Mama Cita Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mamacita Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mamacita Podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Wendy Castellanos Wolf and Alexandra Rosso. Edited by Alexandra Rosso. Our sound engineer is Scott Wolf, and our theme song is based on Drume Negrita, a Cuban lullaby, arranged and recorded by Scott Wolf. Also, check out our Mamacita blog by Wendy Castellanos Wolf. Find that and more at mamacitapodcast.com. Okay. okay, I gotta go. All right. <laughs>